Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Curtis Mayfield with Move On Up. Great way to start the programme here on Jazz FM. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I get to talk to someone who is shaping the world of business alongside, and I play beautiful music from, the people who have been shaping and are shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues. My business shaper this morning is Phil Jaffa. He is the founder and creative director of Scape Design Associates. They are landscape architects. If you don't know what they are, you will by 10 o'clock. A fascinating business it is too. You're going to be hearing lots from Phil very shortly. In addition to hearing from Phil, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondoreas of words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, a lovely choreographed mix of music from the Shapers of Jazz, Soul and Blues, including Madeleine Peru, Dave Brubeck, and this from Laura Mavula. Take me outside, sit in the green garden, nobody out there, but it's so good now, bathing the sunlight, don't mind if rain falls. That was Laura Mavula with Green Garden. Very apt, because today my business shaper is, as I said earlier, Phil Jaffa. And Phil Jaffa is the founder and credit director of, as I said, Scape Design Associates. And they are landscape architects. Now, before we get into your dim and distant past, Phil, tell me a little bit about what a landscape architect does. First of all, Elliot, thank you for having me. Good morning. It's quite early for me on a Saturday. Um... Without getting too technical, uh, we're sort of the professional side, the architectural side of the outdoor environment, the external uh, areas of projects, building projects in general. So typically the work that we do would be alongside architects developing the spaces, the outdoor spaces uh, around their buildings. However, I mean, that's what landscape architects do, but with Scape, we have gone one step further and we've sort of specialised in the world of luxury developments over the last uh, 14 years. So so basically, if I'm in a nice posh hotel somewhere in the world and I'm looking out onto the gardens and they're beautifully choreographed, there's some synchronicity to the way that the hedges are over there and there's some lovely rocks and the colours of the plants work and the, 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 the textures have been thought about and my view of the ocean, if there is one, is perfect from, from one room to another. You've been responsible for making sure that that visual experience is is right is that about right i think yeah i mean the way you describe it is is fundamental but uh, and you're close to the point but uh, you know but what? no cigar i've got no <laughs> but, uh, but go on explaining your own words i think luxury is the word that i think we need to concentrate on there because for me luxury is about experience so it just so happens that we design the externals to high-end developments from hotels and resorts to uh, individual homes to uh, mixed-use developments and retail. But for me, it's all about the aspirational experience of the guest. So we use the word guest for every every one of those experiences. So it's like going into an Armani store and trying on a suit. It's about making them feel better. So when you're in one of the landscapes that we've designed, it's about actually making you feel better than you were before you went into that. So you can relax, you can meditate, you can enjoy, you can party, you can drink fine wines. But it's about having that 
experience of luxury. So the context has to be right. The context is very important. And just to be clear, before you set up your own business, which, as you said, was 14 years ago, you were a, a senior landscape architect. You did all that. Did you know as a young man that you were going to go into this world of of, of outdoors, of, of creating beautiful-looking vistas and so on and so forth? When, when did you realise that, that, that it was going to be for you? Or was this just more of a, I can't do anything else, I can draw a bit, and I like, I like painting pictures in people's minds? I mean, when, when did you realise that that's what you are going to be doing? <laughs> Thank you for taking me into my dim and darkest past. But, uh, and it's quite an interesting story, although I don't want to <laughs> go on too much, but I actually have a degree in chemistry, which seems to shock everybody around me. Um, but I'd always been a creative, and I actually think the profession itself really suits my personality. I've got that sort of love of the sciences um, and, a, and a mind that works quite mathematically and, and logically, but at the same time, I'm highly creative. I draw and I experience the world through very much that cerebral sense from within. So when you put the two together, and when I discovered landscape architecture, which was during my third year of my degree, I just happened to come across some people who were studying landscape architecture. Something really resonated, and I sort of st started to learn about it. I then went off traveling for two years, but I sort of signed on to the, a conversion course, so that was my only commitment to come home. And actually, that other piece, the two years traveling, is a major piece of where I am now as well, because that's what really hooked me into the world that I'm in now. I mean, in England, most landscape architects that I work with tend to work here in the UK. The profession is broadening and more and more are working overseas, but it's something in setting up scape that that's what we're all about. In fact, we hardly do any projects here in the UK. 95% of our jobs are international from Hong Kong, Fiji, across the Mediterranean, Middle East. I mean, we've worked in about 30 plus countries in the 14 years. So that traveling heart and the willingness to jump on a plane and get excited by different cultures and, and beautiful landscapes is all about what scape's about. Stay with me and find out more from my business shaper, Phil Jaffa. Time for some music then in the meantime. This is Swag Times from Bill Lawrence. That was Swag Times from Bill Lawrence, some new music here on Jazz Shapers. Phil Jaffer is my business shaper today. He's the founder and credit director of Scape Design Associates, who are essentially landscape architects, which I hope if you're listening, you now know what that means, in the world of luxury. And Phil, we were just talking before about how the chemist decided to fall in love in a way or to also follow his passion for uh, the outdoors and, and creation as well as being as you said, empirically founded in, in all sorts of things, because I think that's what chemists like to do. You said logic is there as well. You worked for a number of years for other people. That's right. When did you have the, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to work for myself moment? Was there a moment or did it build up? Do you, uh, was there an epiphany as such? No, I mean, I first of all, my father was an entrepreneur in children's clothing, so... Uh, not the, he didn't not, wear children's clothing, no, <laughs> not just exactly. to be clear. No. no, unfortunately, I had to wear everything that he sold <laughs> as a child, so that was quite embarrassing. Um, but um, I, think, I think for many people in my position, when I talk to them, it's sort of, it's in you. I don't think it's something that is just an epiphany. I mean, I always thought I was going to work for myself. And although I think I was a good employee, uh, others may say different, I, uh, one, I did the hard yards. I don't think in a profession like mine, you can just leave college and 
set up on your own, I think there's actually a lot of experience that well, you, you need to gain. And you had almost a decade of doing that. That's correct, yeah, and, and wonderful experience as well. But um, there was a time, you know, there was a time, and the time was right when I did it. And, and, when, and when you made that... Occurred. And sorry, when you made that break, was there were there a series of things that you had to get in order? Or was it simply... I know I'm going to do this. It's going to be next year. I'm going to find some space. I'm going to think of a name and I'm going to go. Or did you, was it much more thought through than that? Truthfully, Phil? No, in some respects it was less thought through because <laughs> I uh, I'd, had ran two other offices before Scapes. So I, I actually worked in the Middle East to run a practice out there. And then when I came back to England in 98, I ended up opening up the London office of a large practice who were based in the Middle East, an English practice, but actually they'd spent the most of their life in the Middle East. And um, it was during those two years, really, that I realised that um, things were going really well. And actually, I thought they could have gone a lot better. And it was them that were holding me back. So the sort of short-sightedness of my bosses really stopped them from developing a really strong brand and I saw certain opportunities as well and the time was perfect so so it tipped you over and yeah. then you went off and did it find out much more about what happened next with my business shaper here Phil Jaffa latest travel in a couple of minutes but before that some words of advice from our program partners for your business from Mishkondare hello my name is Dervil Walsh I'm a partner in the contentious banking and finance practice at Mishkondare it is certainly the case that it is good if customers have relationships where they can pick up the phone to their bank manager or the relationship manager and agree something over the phone. But a customer must never lose sight of the fact that the relationship is a professional relationship. And if the bank has given an undertaking or made a promise of some description, it's absolutely critical that the customer makes a contemporaneous note of that. And in fact, it's probably sensible and prudent to just send a summary email. It was very useful to have our discussion today just to confirm my understanding is that we have agreed X. The reason for this is that if two or three months down the line there is dispute and the bank or the financial institution tries to do a U-turn, the customer can produce the document and that should determine the position and that should put an end to the matter. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business... But it's personal. You're listening to me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM with Jazz Shapers. Every Saturday morning from 9am till 10, I get to spend some time with someone who is shaping the world of business. If you've missed any of the previous shows, then your place to go is iTunes. Or if you are on a plane uh, in the near future, then you can also listen on BA um, High Life. Phil Jaffa is my business shaper, and he is the founder and credit director of Scape Design Associates. They're landscape architects, not the people that work inside, but the people who work outside. And Phil's been telling us about the fact he was a chemist, turned landscape architect, turned employee, turned employer. Now, your first, I'm going to go back to the year 2000, just briefly. When you opened those doors up, did you have a client to start with? Did you have work, or did you have to go and look for the work? No, uh, we didn't have any work. Oh, we. It was just me when I set up. Uh... But I made there was two very important decisions I made. One, I knew I wasn't going to work at home, so I uh, put some money aside over the previous few months, and I took a business loan out as well, which the bank matched, uh, and basically set myself up what to me looked like eight to twelve months of security, very small security. My wife was working at the time, so that gave me a, the opportunity to not have to be the breadwinner, uh, and I thought. You know, if I never do this, 
uh, I'll always regret it, but at least I can say at the end of it, if it hasn't worked, I've given it that shot. And actually, I created a business plan. Uh, it was very conservative that my first client probably wouldn't come in till maybe month five or six. Uh, and I actually sorted out some sort of freelance work for other designers at the time. So I was going in just earning a bit of cash. But within, a, let me think, maybe five days, business plan went out the window. I won three hotels in the first two weeks <laughs> how did you do that because people listening will go that's extraordinary the business plans people often say they go out the window but to have been ahead of task target by sort of four months and three weeks is not bad no how did you do it Phil? what's the secret phil we're all following you <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, to be honest it comes back to what i was saying about putting in the hard yards because to me Although I never called the business Phil Jaffer Associates, that's never really what I wanted to be. I didn't really want it to be the centre point of a business in that way. Uh, it was about the people who knew me. So part of the timing was about that I'd already built up a business for somebody else. I had all those contacts and I was pretty convinced that a lot of them would, if not all of them, would come with me because they didn't really know anyone else in the London office of the company I was working for. So, and that intuition was right. Because very quickly, they all started looking for me. Where's Phil gone? And so they got the number and found me. But also says a lot about, you know, the, the importance of relationships, especially in a service Absolutely. business. I mean, critical. And those hard yards, as you call them, those 10 years in a service business must have been, as you said, at the very foundation of the fact that after five days, you'd landed three very, very nice projects. Yeah. All in Greece, actually, which is a, one of my favorite places to the work. Worst places to go, I imagine, yeah. for your first few uh, um, big contracts. And actually, I was there earlier this week with the same client. I mean, she's been my best client for... 14, 15, I've been working with her for 15 years because beforehand she knew me already. And um, she's one of the most inspirational uh, clients I've ever had because she lets us as a design team, and it's a collaboration, there's an architect involved who's been on the same journey in many ways with me. Uh, she's let us really create for her and allowed that to happen, which many clients don't. You know, many clients have a set vision and want you to do exactly what they want you to do, but this woman, this lady, has allowed us to really explore and push her brand much, much further. And we've created some magnificent hotels for her. Stay with me to hear more from Phil Jaffa, my business shaper. Time for some music. This is Madeline Peru and the lovely Dance Me to the End of Love. Dance me to your beauty with a burning violin that was Dance Me to the End of Love from Madeline Peru. Phil Jaffa's uh, been with me now since 9am and I hope you've started to understand why the man who set his own business up in 2000 was so successful literally on day four. In those early days, though, beyond the success of actually having the business, how does one start when you're a single man band? How does one start to build a company out? And you said it wasn't Phil Jaffa Associates, it was Scape. How do you get the sense, how do when you hire your first hire and your second and your third and your fourth and you get more business and you can't necessarily touch every last bit of the business everywhere, though I imagine you probably would want to and often do, but where you can't, how do you create that this is what Scape design is about or this is what any company is about? Because I imagine a lot of people listening will go, that must be really hard. No, uh, Yeah, I think I understand that and I think I'm a product of a of a certain time in in the last 20 years which is two major occurrences have occurred in the world the construction industry effectively that I worked in which all relates to the timing I came out of university so one was the the recession of the uh, late 80s early 90s 
and being the determined young man that I was, I was one of only a few, a very small handful of people from my class and others who made it into the real world of landscape architecture. So, and what it seemed to do, looking back now, and we're really in some ways still suffering from that, is there's a void of people with experience in landscape architecture, and I presume it's the same in architecture, engineering, all the built professions from sort of the age I am, 48, probably down to about 42. There's just a vacuum because so many of that five years didn't get into the world of construction. So that's one thing. That, made, that makes me more valuable as an individual. Right. And the second part of that was it was also the timing of the sort of computer revolution. And I sort of embraced that very early on. And my bosses hadn't. hadn't. And so I, th- I think this is a key thing. One of the important things when I set up was I understood that I could do everything that I needed to do to service a client by myself if I had to, from meeting them, winning the job, all the way through the design process to making the cup of tea. And that gave me a lot of confidence uh, in a way that my bosses couldn't set up because they would always have to hire people to do those things. And in some reflection... I've built my business around people who are a bit more all-rounders. I really admire that sort of talent that they can actually do every bit of the design journey. And I and I what I find amazing is that actually in my staff I see them really embracing that. I think they get a lot more reward. There's a lot of buy into the job because it's their job and they take it all the way through from the beginning to the end. And what you've just described those two points that the the, the recession itself or the recessions are rather we should say cuz probably at the mm-hmm. you know uh I suppose the beginning of the 90s and then the end of the 90s was kind of picking up but then 2008 obviously things collapsed again. Yeah. And then technology on that side and that sense as you said of the the, the capable person who can do everything. Yeah. That's all well and good but there have obviously been some big bumps in your business and when the bumps happen where do you go for for advice beyond the technical beyond the craft skill all that who is it that you turn to and and what advice have you listened to that has really helped you over the last five ten years because it can't be easy setting up your own business and running it no in some ways it's come fairly naturally and i i I surprise myself all the time with these things and again that comes back to instinct i think and again also the fact that i'd been allowed to set up two other people's businesses it gave you the confidence, escape. but when it goes wrong, what, what do you do, Phil? Well, I think that for me, there was two important things that I did. I, I think I mentioned about getting a, a loan at the beginning, but at the time, and I, I don't know if they're still around, but there was a thing called Business Link, which uh, if you signed up to them and gave them a business plan and got your business going, they offered you a, a coach, basically, to come to your office once a month and just... You know, bounce ideas. They could also they have a list of people you go to see, like you know, where you can get cheap business cards, where you can get your website done, all of those so things. So you lent on them. I lent on them for five years, actually. Mm. Um, but that scheme finishes. But then I wanted to replace them, so I actually found people a business consultant who I've used all the way through. And actually, that's become important, particularly in the development of my senior team. Because they learn business, I think they possibly get more out of him than I now do. I'm much more sure about my own decisions. But I still don't have a partner, and actually that's one of the tough aspects of running a business. And I want to pick up with that as well and see how that's gone. Final chat coming up with Phil. Plus we'll be playing a track from Dave Brubeck. That's coming up after the latest Traffic and Travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
That was Unsquared Dance from the classic Mr. Dave Brubeck. Phil Jaffa is my business shaper for just a few more minutes. Um, we've been talking about landscape architecture. We've been talking really about how he has set up his own business and how he has gone on to create, I suppose, a global brand in a way for, for the luxury the luxury end of the market in these beautiful luxury resorts and hotels and so on. As you look back now, and it's almost 15 years, you you sound like you've you've had a journey, but you've also been confident in your own abilities through that journey. Yeah. What's it going to look like for the next five years? I know you said you tore your business plan up after five days, but do you, have you just stopped worrying about it, or have you got a bit of a mini vision? I, that's always my hardest question. So many people ask me what what. In some ways, what are you going to do, big, Phil? The yeah. biggest question is what's the exit strategy? But uh, you haven't we, got one, have you? Uh, no, that's the. I'm a designer. Have you though? Seriously? No, I mean- I'm a designer at heart. I'm passionate about what I do. I mean, the cre- creating and leaving a legacy to me is what it's all about. And what I love about the work that we do is it changes with time. You know, so you, you design in four dimensions in some respects. So you see gardens grow. I mean, I don't really want to. It's bizarre because I'm a landscape architect, and people think immediately probably think trees and plants, but actually. That isn't sort of what I do. We do that as part of what we do. But it is literally we design the space from the building to the edge of the site. So it'll be the gates, it'll be the car park, it'll be the ramps down into the service. It'll be the water features, the swimming pools, the tennis courts. You know, it's everything in the outdoor environment. It's the, it's the dining terraces where people sit and have their champagne. And the, and the gardens to spas as well. So it's very, And you still love all that, don't you, obviously, yeah. by the sounds of it? Yeah, I mean, it's all about romance, and I'm a romantic at heart. It is, but then you're also a businessman, and yeah. you're also somebody who's running their business. So how do you square the creativity with the commerciality, or rather the, the, the need for commerciality? Well, yeah, that's, uh, again, I don't know where that comes from. I think I've surprised myself through the journey. I didn't know I was going to be strong at the business side, although, of course, as I said, I'd run two businesses before, so I had some inkling. But even then, you know, I could only do as much as my bosses or the owners I work for would allow me to do. But once you start doing your own thing, you, you get your own freedom to make decisions and you live and die by the decisions you make in business. But I think, you know, my work, we don't really market ourselves. Our work comes through word of mouth and it, I guess... The word passion is always used about us, and you can hear from what I'm saying. I love what I do, and and I believe we create amazing spaces. So, uh, and you talk about passion, just to pick up on that, because a lot of people say that you know they they're good at their business, they're good at their job, rather they have a great business because they're they're passionate. Would that be the simple advice to anyone thinking of setting up their own business, whatever it is? If you're passionate about it, go for it. If you're not, forget it. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a massive thing. I, I always believe in sticking to what you know. You know, I know landscape architecture very well. And I know the ins and outs. And so, and then when you add the passion on top, I can be true to myself. If I just decided I was going to open up a restaurant because I fancied opening up a restaurant like many people do in that world, they don't know what they're doing. And the chances of survival are really low. Whereas, you know, I put myself into a place where I had a really strong base from which to build a successful business. Fantastic. Phil, just before I let you go, um, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Um... It was a tough decision because this genre of music is one of my favourites. So, But uh, in the end, I went for Ain't Nobody from uh, Chaka Khan because that song's been with me ever since I was a kid. And it's just, it reminds me of all the amazing places I've ever been, really. And the amazing people I've met on those journeys. And it is about the people. Phil, thank you. That's brilliant. This is Ain't Nobody from Chaka Khan.
That was Ain't Nobody from Chukka Khan, the song choice of my business shaper today, Phil Jaffa. Someone who understood the importance of relationships in a service business. Someone who also understood the importance of external advice, a very, very handy thing to be aware of. And of course, someone who is absolutely passionate about what he does and would recommend only doing something if you are super passionate about it too. Do join me again, same time, same place, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday, 9am sharp, please, here on Jazz FM. Stay with us now because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs>